Hey guys, you are now listening to the Maranatha House Podcast. Josh, Erica, y'all take the flow. Cool. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Josh. Hello, Josh. This is my beautiful wife, Erica. Hi, Erica. <laughs> this is my beautiful wife. Did you forget my name? No, I was waiting for you to say hi. I was going to pause, you know? Hello, Erica. Uh, so, uh, some of you guys know me, some of you guys don't. Um... I'm very excited to to share with you guys the mor- this morning, what this afternoon now, what the Lord has laid on my heart, um, because just, again, hearing a lot of confirmations and seeing what the Lord's been doing the last hour and a half, yeah. uh, it's just very evident that we're supposed to be here today. So, uh, as you guys can see in the k- kitchen, 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 dining area, dining area where Mo is standing, uh, there are uh, mental health resources and uh, a giant butt banner of Ivan Ooze's hand holding a hourglass. Um, so uh, essentially, Victims and Villains is a multimedia platform uh, which we use to uh, do podcasting, movie reviews, uh, Twitch streaming, YouTubes, um, etc. Simply to educate and engage people on mental health awareness, education, and suicide prevention uh, through various forms of pop culture. So whether you're into anime, horror, comic books, uh, or you just want to hear someone's over, be encouraged by someone overcoming, telling their story of overcoming something like pornography, addiction, um, demonology, uh, depression, etc. We have episodes like that too. Uh, for Erica and me, this has been a platform to uh, bring the conversation of mental health into the church. Mm-hmm. It has been a platform for us to uh, minister to those not only that we're reaching through this secular medium, but also those that uh, we are actively working alongside to create the podcast, movie reviews, and the content, etc. Um, so... Uh, I, we are, it seems like the, so many of us are going through transitions in life. Uh, Corinne, you're not alone. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> some of you got. Like transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry. What do you mean by that? I am a biologist. I know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> Good word. Um, about, uh, the beginning of the year, the Lord really kind of started uh, laying on my heart that there was going to be a change within the next year and what that change was going to look like. And, uh, even being here with you guys today, I'm, I'm really humbled kind of share this change. And, um, I want to challenge you guys throughout, not only what the Lord has left me through, but where the Lord leaves our ministry and, and your personal connection to it. Um, so, uh, back in uh, May, the Lord kind of gave me confirmation on what that change was going to look like for us. Um, and it was uh, filing for a 501c3, become a nonprofit, and 
Lord kind of confirmed that this was the first step into uh, at least myself being able to do full-time ministry, yeah. um, which has been a prayer, and I've had many people uh, prophesy that over me for the last five years. Um, and so we're openly having conversations like this in church and uh, kind of talking about where the we believe the Lord is going to lead us in the next uh, three to five years. And so... Uh, my heart would be not only uh, that you guys would pray for us as we're interacting with these, but also to challenge you guys um, to maybe partner with us financially as well. Uh, whether that looks like a, a one-time donation or a um, monthly giving, because um, in order to do full-time ministry, we need full-time finances. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of the reason that I'm, I'm here today is I'm kind of trying to raise awareness of that um, well Eric and I are um, but also to kind of tell you guys uh, within the next three years uh, the Lord is kind of I believe is going to open up that door for full time ministry um, and then within the uh, next uh, five years we're hoping to do our own uh, Comic Con here in Richmond um, we already do our own, uh, this past April, the Lord uh, opened up a way for us to do our very first film festival. Mm -hmm. We're in the midst of planning our second year right now. Um, so we, a Comic-Con is basically just a, a big group of people come together for one to two days and... Oh, like a conference. Yeah, yeah okay. kind of. School convention. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Just, just for comic books. Convention. It's a comic book convention. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so. Like so a vendor show and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You get yeah. to meet like popular like people in that like sphere, kind of like you get to meet your famous like film schoolers, Carol Joy side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really but cool. this would be comics. Yeah, so our yeah. goal our goal within the, when doing that would be that uh, this would basically be the first of convention of its kind that would be designed to celebrate the medium of comics, yeah. but openly discuss its relationships to mental health. Mm -hmm and uh, minister through that as well because that's how we did the, the film festival this past April was, it was the first of its kind to uh, openly embrace uh, and celebrate the genre of horror um, while also at the same time speaking biblical truths and openly discuss uh, mental health and kind of the correlation of, of all three in one place. Um, so it's been, it's been a joy and... Um, I would love to answer any questions that you guys have at the end about uh, what God's doing in it, um, uh, how you guys can help get involved, etc. Um, Are Christians allowed to watch horror movies? Yes. No. What about thrillers? Thrillers. Um, you, use your own discretion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tonight, uh, this afternoon, um, the Lord has kind of given me a, a word that the way this is going to kind of go is it's going to be kind of a mix between traditional uh, teachings and open discussions. Um, and typically, uh, the way that we do things um, is we set time afterwards to kind of Pray for anyone that, that in the room that might be struggling with depression, anxiety. Um, obviously, we've 
kind of addressed all that already, but uh, if something, if yeah, if something comes up, um, the Lord kind of really challenged me this morning to uh, kind of stop everything and kind of address the issue, pray for it in that, that moment. Um, so if that is kind of somewhere you want to be, uh, I want to just kind of pause and jump into that and then get back into what the Lord is doing. Um, so I'm going to open up in prayer real quick. Cool. Um, and then let's continue to be heavy with the topic of mental health. Uh, Lord, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for everyone that's not in this room right now. I pray right now, God, that you would, uh, just bring a spirit of vulnerability and a spirit of, uh, easiness, uh, God, as we are just discussing, um, things like mental health and, uh, spiritual warfare and peace and hope and just God, what you are, uh, just doing, um, in, in each of the, these individuals' lives and, uh, their own walk with you and their own mental health with you. God, it's in your name that I pray and, uh, uh, yeah, amen. All right. So, um, let's, let's talk about mental health. Um, the first I want to kind of talk about, uh, how many of you guys have ever seen the movie Candyman? Or, the original or the... either or. Which one? Either or. What movie I didn't Candyman? Okay, so Can- Candyman is a 1992 horror movie. Basically, the premise is it's kind of like Bloody Mary. Um, the uh, the individual, like there's a legend and a lore that if you say, if you look in the mirror, you say Candyman five times, hence why it's five times on my shirt, uh, <laughs> he will come to you. And uh, most people make it to about three or four times and kind of chicken out. Uh, it's kind of like the equivalent of like Bloody Mary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of four films, two sequels, don't watch them. Just watch the first, most, and the <laughs> Nia da Costa. Uh, 31 years, there has been a one person in each film that has uh, done the five time challenge. And they've lived to, to regret it. Um, in the same vein, sometimes we as Christians, we do the same thing with our mental health, hope, and peace. We get to the verge of the fifth time and the enemy joins in and whispers, no one will understand your depression. No one uh, will help you get over your anxiety. No one wants you here. You start to question and you start to partner with the lies of the enemy. So like those playing Candyman, uh, the Candyman game, we back down and we choose to remain silent with our mental health struggles. And I want to encourage everyone that you're not alone in this. This is a huge thing I want you to understand is you are not alone. So we're going to play a game. You guys ready? Yes. All right. Don't make me look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull out my prop. Yeah. Are we playing games? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, so this is the game is I, I have some statistics and I am going to read them off to you guys. If you guys knew, know 100% whether it's true or not, raise your hand. If not, keep your hands raised. Yep, staying different. 
so according to NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness, anxiety disorders are among the most common uh, mental health concern in America. I probably know all of these. Yeah, yeah. you probably know. <laughs> you're, you're not allowed. So I want to I want to emphasize that. So I was just getting away from that understanding that like it's anxiety disorders. Right. Plural. It's not just talking about one. Anxiety is not just a one size fits all. The thing, something that makes me anxious might not make you anxious necessarily. Something that makes Eric anxious might not make you anxious. And it might not make you feel anxious in the same way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anxiety is uh, plural. Uh, when we talk about uh, the commonality, over 40 million Americans uh, have some time a certain type of anxiety disorder. Uh, would anyone like to take a guess at what percentage of our population that is? Uh, 80%? No, just, just the United States. Oh, just how many, you said 40 million people? 40 million people. How many people are in the United States? I thought it was like 26 or 3. I'm going to say 51. 51? 63? 15? Yeah, 51.5. 58.3. Uh, it's actually 19.1% of our population. I have no hope for America. Y'all started up really high. But I want to emphasize that the the... This factor is for those that are 18 and up. Oh, wow. Um, well, then people also self-reported anxiety. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I also want to emphasize that it's not just like, oh, you turn 18, anxiety just magically grows. Like, you get... It's like you get a mustache if you're a guy, and anxiety. you know, and then <laughs> boom, anxiety happens! Uh-oh. Facial hair, yeah. muscles. Uh, roughly 7% of children have reported anxiety, um, experiences aged 13 to 7, sorry, 3 to 7. Um, the sun, what was the percent on that one? 7% of all children aged, uh, 3 to 17% experience some type of anxiety issues every year. Uh, and if untreated, these issues can manifest into deeper issues like suicide. Mm-hmm. The CDC tells us that 45,979 suicides occurred in 2020. And just to kind of put this into perspective, uh, for every time an individual, one person successfully uh, takes their life, there are 25 more that are attempting that same act and are unsuccessful. For adults, suicide is the 12th leading cause of death, while for children aged 10 to 24, it is the second leading cause of death, resulting in roughly over 1,000 deaths for, this, for the latter demographic. And from two people that struggle with anxiety, the occasional fit of depression and for myself have even considered suicide, um, the last thing we, we tend to do is to flip our perspective because we always have this tendency to focus on the issue, focus on the root of what is bringing that for as harmful as for as harmful as it is to us, the toxicity of depression and anxiety is the equivalent of a moldy blanket. It'll keep you warm 
but it doesn't keep you healthy. Mm. In one of his earlier books, Kyle Eidelman, how many of you guys, do you guys know Kyle Not Eidelman? Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his books. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Come on, dude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in one of his earlier books, Kyle Edelman re- recounts a story of, of being burdened by an extreme fit of anger. He details how him being a pastor, he should be living the embodiment of Christ Jesus. As Peter tells us in Second Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him, who has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Eidelman tells how uh, he began to throw on worship music and how there was a smile that began to form across his face. And subsequently, God met his fit and changed his perspective. Depression and anxiety have uh, this habit of making us fixate on the worst and uh, what is happening right in front of us. Um, and sometimes we need to see the, the trees for the forest instead of just the trees. Instead of just the forest, sorry. And again, I, I, I remind you, as challenging as it is, that James tells us to count it all joy. Yeah. And so Paul emphasizes this uh, to the church in, in uh, Philippi. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be in, we're going to spend the majority of the next, I don't know, 45 three, four hours three four hours in philippians uh chapter four um i mean we'll see what the lord has man um so i don't know how you guys do it here i know at south side we normally like do like volunteers to read um you guys down for that Sure. We all can't really read, so. I, I mean, I know you can't, but. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Burn. They call me Moses the Web. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm just going to occasionally get someone to read. If you guys can, um, if I can get someone to tee up. Uh, uh, sorry, Philippians 4 4. Corinne. I got it. Um, I Um, so just to kind of put this into perspective for you guys um i highly encourage you guys to kind of read this all in context Mm -hmm. um like angel was saying earlier like context matters and it changes a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today when you read it in context um the purpose of paul's letter to the church in philippi was to encourage them and so likewise with that as as hard as it's going to be over the next 30, 45 minutes, my goal is to, is to challenge you guys to have a experience to address and start talking about mental health um, stuff yeah. and kind of your own struggles and stuff like that and see where we need to minister to you guys and where you guys are. Um, so that said, could you please read the verse 4? Um, so Cam, this one's for you. Uh, that word, uh, in that, uh, verse, particular verse, 
there is the word rejoice is plural. Um, he says it twice, starting and ending. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will again. I will say, rejoice. And this word comes from the original Greek, um, which I am in a majorly bush butcher. Um, something along the lines of of cherio. I don't know. Uh, but this word means to be glad. Yeah. It means to be well. It means to thrive, and it means to rejoice excessively. Yeah. Um, the Lord wants us to rejoice in Him. And Paul, as the the disciple of the Lord, giving the word, um, is emphasizing this both in the beginning of the verse and the end of the verse, creating a a huge importance of emphasis. He wants us, the Lord wants us to be glad, to thrive, to rejoice excessively. And while the Lord may humble or eat, uh, teach or have reasons for things like depression to come into our lives, it's not his plan for those things to stay. There's something that shifts when we rejoice in him. Uh, so this is every, after every verse, I'm going to kind of like pause and like open it up and have like questions for open discussion. Um, so my my first question is a three-part question. The first is, what does it look like to rejoice? What does it look like in your life? And what are practical steps we can re- uh, take to rejoice over things like depression and anxiety? I have a thought for the third question. Yeah. <laughs> not the first, but not the first two. I was thinking from... For the third one, um, is thinking of whatever you can be thankful for, even even in the worst of moments. Like, what is something that you can be thankful for, and kind of holding on to that, and being thankful for it, and then trying to think of other things as well. Um, I don't know. I think something about that can change really the way you're feeling in that moment and how sure. you're thinking. I think for me, putting on worship music helps, like, can help me just start rejoicing and get out of my own head and the cycle of thoughts that can be negative or, you know, anxiety driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I also, like, I do, like, thankfulness lists, and that helps me, like, put kind of the anxieties in yeah. perspective mm-hmm. and saying, okay, like, um, recognizing the things that are in my
Yeah, I mean, for me, I know, like, uh, basically holding all those depressive thoughts, because usually my depression starts with, like, thoughts or anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, like, taking those thoughts captive mm -hmm. and, like, whether that's just meditating on in my mind and, like, challenging it, like, what's real, yeah. what's true, or even writing it down. Yeah. And then, like, that way I have it written out so it's not just floating in my head. Um, I think those are, like, at least my ways of, like, bringing out the depression so that I can meditate on the goodness of the Lord rather than the, like, random depressive thought I had. Yeah. Um, so. For telling me, you're very much like a verbal process. I yeah. do be verbally processing. Yeah. yeah. I'd be talking on the phone quite a lot. One of the things that I noticed this week, because I had never really had like a feeling of heaviness like that, was that I had just stuck, my mind just stuck on the idea of I wish I was in the past. I wish I was back when I didn't feel any of this. But I felt a sense of rejoice, of rejoicing in the idea that I can't go back to the past. I can't go back to a moment before I was going through this. Yeah. But I can look forward. Yeah. So I rejoiced in the fact that this is not a place of where I'm going to be for the rest of my life, yeah. but the Lord is doing what He needs to do right now, and right. looking towards a a future where um, this can be used as a, a as a blessing towards other people too. That's good. I think, and maybe I don't know if maybe this is what you were saying or not, because I was also thinking while you were talking, so I don't think I did a good job. <laughs> quickly but she had a whole different take on it that I just thought was like very solid but it was like um, like the enemy will try to come and give you like an anxious thought of like you're totally unprepared and she said like you should agree with your adversary quickly like and a lot of times you are unprepared and that's why the devil's trying to attack you with it to say yeah I am unprepared but God can fill in the gaps and was like Oh, that's really cool. I really like that. Oh. What was that? I told him to get to the bathroom. I just saw someone coming up the steps. I thought it was a candy man, bro. <laughs> we didn't say it five times. We're, we're in the clear. What did you do? I think we're about three or four. I told you to get to the bathroom. So, anyway. Alright, you're good. Yeah. 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 Are you satisfied? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking for satisfaction. I'm looking for <laughs> vulnerability. Yeah. 
do you guys ever feel like you know that that again going back to the to the Greek word of what rejoice means? Do you ever feel like those ways of flipping perspectives and turning on worship music? Do you feel that uh, you're getting what the Lord is specifically saying here about to being glad and being well and thriving and rejoicing excessively? Is it like a not all the way process? <laughs> that is a process. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think not in that moment, but there's, I think there's also something about having hope that that will come as part of, I don't know, as part of the rejoicing, sure. I think, like, yeah, because maybe in that moment you're not experiencing that, but the hope is in, or am I pouring out to you and my being thankful and whatever else, that those things will come, that I will feel that gladness at some point. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry, I missed it. Can you repeat it? I was thinking... Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. This side of the room over here is. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Really? Well, as Mo moves away. <laughs> uh, it goes back to the, you know, the original root of the Greek word, uh, which means to be glad, to thrive, to be well, to rejoice excessively. Like, do you feel like the ways that you're taking in rejoicing are you're reaping fully what Paul is saying here. Mm. For me, I have a very uh, recent example where I was feeling super anxious and super heavy. Um, I just had like a string of bad news and then just started like having all these hypothetical scenarios coming to my head and I was feeling really anxious. And for me, what happened after, because I was like, I just need to like put on some worship music or something. I felt like instead of like going from zero to a hundred, zero being like super heavy where I was, and a hundred being like, yes, I'm dancing on the streets of gold. Like the worship music helped me like midline. I don't know yeah. that's right. Like level out. Sure. Almost like I think of like medication. It can help you level out that way you can process what's going on. And then you can get to the point where you can be rejoicing for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was more like I need to level out so that I'm not wallowing or like so deeply entrenched in my thoughts and then I know like as I keep taking steps forward the rejoicing is going to come from that yeah. and I'm thankful that he gives me a way out of my pit so I can be thankful for that mm-hmm. yeah. so counting all joy as Paul would say yeah. right would be like dying to yourself absolutely uh, I mean. dying to your emotions like I guess consecrate ourselves like consecrate to Jesus and I mean as we look to the Lord sure. for our healing like worship music or whatever it is of getting closer to him and going deeper counting all joy that through our sufferings we are by God's grace going to be overcomers and be victorious mm-hmm. on the other side yeah yeah so like also go building off that that's why like uh i encourage you guys to uh like really read like the full book of of uh philippians because a lot of what paul talks about in uh in out of these few verses is like the the adversary and but also like finding joy in like really hard times and like Mm -hmm. spiritual warfare and uh you know a lot of that stuff, like, it takes its toll on your mental health. A lot of that stuff, man, it, it messes with you 
so much. Yeah. Um, and I think, at least in, in our perspective of doing ministry, it's like uh, mental health is, is always kind of like thought of as like second nature. Because, you know, we can, we can see physically when someone is sick. We can feel, we can see someone when they're, you know, sad or, you know, whatever. We can see those physically, but to understand, like, the, the, the spiritual warfare that someone is enduring or, um, you know, going through mental health is, it's hard to count it all joy. Yeah. It's hard to rejoice. It's hard to, again... As Paul is saying, again, I will say it, rejoice. Yeah. It's so incredibly hard, but a lot of what Philippians talks about is remaining in the Spirit, remaining, yeah. holding true to the Lord. Yeah. Like Cameron said earlier, obedience. Yeah. yeah. Grace and obedience. Receiving his grace. Bye, John. Bye, John. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, uh, sorry, were you done? I'm done. Okay. we got to go I, in a minute. Okay. I'm sorry. No, you're I good. cut out on you. It is what it is. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I think the hardest part I have is, like, after I've struggled with, like, depression and anxiety, that my, like, mindset is just to get back to baseline. Mm-hmm. And, but I see Paul saying, like, rejoice, like, be glad, like, overflowing with, like, joy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like almost like convicted right now that I don't like pursue that. And I feel like almost like the Lord said, like, can you find like one thing in your dark mm-hmm. hole? Like you might not have all the answers, but can you find one thing to just worship you over yeah. and over and be grat- grateful for? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, I'm just, I think I'm just sharing that because I feel like I'm, mm-hmm. I haven't sought out the gladness and the rejoicing part all the way which is like a command, you know, it's something that he wants us to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that missing that, it can co- maybe cause me to fall back into those things so much easier. Uh, I don't know. I'm just teasing it out in my head. Right. Um, for me, something practical that I like to do because my emotions are super fickle and I don't always trust that my emotions are like an accurate representation of like the reality yeah. because I've suffered from right. depression and anxiety on and off forever um, so I always try to like my actions are going to dictate my emotions mm. so like if even if I'm not feeling like up to snuff or I'm feeling a certain way about something you know it's like doing that act of like well I don't really understand but like I'm thankful for these things and mm. like I will rejoice in you know like I have food in my stomach and gas in my car and I have a great place to work and yeah. I might not feel good about it but like choosing to like rejoice and choosing to worship is helpful to like steer yourself into yeah. that mindset yeah. yeah and also to building off that like uh the act of worship the act of rejoice it is a choice you know, we, we choose every day whether or not to, to partner with depression and to stay in those, those mindsets or to flip them and to, uh, you know, this, the word of the God says that this is the day that the Lord has made, so I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I don't know what this day holds, 
whether it, you know, whether today's my last day or not, but I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. The fact that I woke up today, I will rejoice in that fact. The fact that I am able to get from my home to Maranatha, Mm -hmm. I will rejoice and be glad in that. The fact that I get to spend my weekends with my wife, I will rejoice and I will be glad in that. Yeah. You know, taking the the little stuff. um, The enemy hates when we're thankful. Oh, yeah. All the time. He hates it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We just have to reverse what he's throwing in our minds. Mm-hmm. Like, so, uh, can I get a, another person? Can I get two more people to read? Mm. One? I can be one of your faithful witnesses. Okay. Uh, can you read... <laughs> uh, can you read uh, the next verse uh, in Philippians and then, uh, Cam, when I queue you up, can you read Matthew 13, 18 through 23? Okay, so this is Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Yes, ma'am. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So as we're rejoicing and allowing the Lord to transform our lives, to take depression and make it gladness, uh, the evidence of that transformation should shine through. Like, it might sound like, uh, just being blunt, like, if, if we don't allow the Lord to change us, then all of this is for nothing. Yeah. Like, we meet in vain. Yeah. Um, if Christ has truly transformed our hearts, and it's not just merely our get-out-of-hell card, the f- then the fruit should be known to everyone. Like, you know, I don't ever want to feel like I'm... Both of us have gone through church hearts, and part of those church hearts, for us, have been being emotionally manipulated Mm -hmm. and that's never something that as i'm leading people into teachings like this i never want to make you guys feel like i'm using the emotional side to you know trick you into kind of seeing the way that i see and, and stuff like this like because you know that is a total contradiction of what paul is saying here like I would not let my reasonableness be known to everyone. And there's an urgency with the way that he ends this by saying that the Lord is at hand. So uh, Jesus talks about in Matthew 13. 18 through 23. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Well, I know I'm pretty. Uh, All right. Therefore, listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one who receives seed beside the path. But he who received the seed on rocky ground is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, eventually he falls away. He also who received... Uh, seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit. Some produce a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So, the word of God is the seed, and the soil is our heart. Obviously, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have heard this parable over and over again. It's all about how we re- react to the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so right now the Lord could be like, you know, convicting you of certain things. 
uh, with the way that you handle mental health or depression or, you know, the way that you react to when it comes to rejoicing. But if it doesn't actually leave here and actions aren't formed, uh, then it's, again, all in vain. So my question for you guys, is depression or anxiety stopping our reasonableness from being known? And where has the seed landed in our hearts? What is the status of your soil? Because your version says reasonableness and mine says gentleness, which does feel like two very different. Yeah, mine is. Mine's e- ESP, so. Yeah. It's right. I just wonder. I don't like, know. I'm just kidding. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a translationist. Purist. Let's go to the blue letter. I was gonna say I'm pulling up the blue letter Bible right now. Yeah, mine wasn't pulling up earlier, but I'm not seeing it. It actually says coolness. Oh. Let your gentle spirit. Oh, which that makes sense. Suitable, equitable, fair, mild, or gentle. Cool. Other verses are First Timothy says, Don't be a drunkard, not violent, but gentle. Yeah, I think the spirit part makes a difference for me. Yeah. yeah. Because instead of me just being gentle, it's like my countenance. First Peter says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, with gentleness. The King James says, where'd it go? Your moderation be known unto men. So it's all floating around. Yeah, Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) So is your, uh, I mean, if you gotta leave, you gotta leave. That's fine. Uh, Is your depression, anxiety, is it stopping the gentleness from being known to others? Where is the soil, where is the seed landed in terms of your heart? Because if there's no outpouring of what the Lord is doing, then is there any actual change that's being done? So are you saying basically are your actions displaying uh, your faith in the Lord? Yes. This is not hypothetical, right? No. No, I mean, if you guys, you guys don't have to share, but the the point of this is to like, uh, kind of, really, I feel like what the Lord is really wanting to do is to, uh, challenge you guys, yeah. to look at you know how is your spiritual health and your mental health affecting your outward yeah. appearance. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think I sometimes have these thoughts of anxiety, but I don't know. I don't know. I kind of just like, oh, it's not on a level to be considered like a mental health issue kind of thing. Typically for me, it's something has happened and then I start feeling overwhelmed and then my brain wants to just go off the rails sure. kind of thing. Um, and in those moments, no, because I have all these like physical reactions to what's happening in my brain and I don't want to, it's like kind of just want to give in to that and not definitely not say anything or whatever um in those moments but um actually therapy for me has been really helpful in that to notice those things when they start to come so that i can start responding Mm -hmm. before i just kind of get lost (laughs) in whatever so it definitely affects like in those moments in the throes of anxiety i guess it definitely 
it doesn't look like fake trust because that's how I'm feeling in this moment. Yeah, and I I I I don't want to like convict or condemn anyone for like having feelings. Yeah. Um, because it's about how we respond to those feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like because again. Typically in our marriage, when one of us is feeling anxious, the other one is level-headed. And so it's like, all right, mm-hmm. let me pray for you. Let's stop. Let's pray. Let's figure out, like, how we can rejoice. And let's figure out how we can, uh, you know, kind of hit the reset button, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not a bad thing to feel emotions. It's about how we respond to them. Are they uh, of of godly like or if i'm overwhelmed by anger am i gonna like sit and stew in that anger is that gonna be fruit of the holy spirit is that gonna be evidence of kind of stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah and i i like that because it's like there's not condemnation with that because it's yeah there's gonna be stressful things in life like and stress ne- not is not necessarily a bad thing it's how we handle the stress that right. is either good or bad yeah. because we live in a fallen world mm-hmm. yeah. but you know like even the other day I had Friday I like was wrapped up in all this fear and anxiety had a panic attack kind of thing about because I was part of the enemy I, like you know use thoughts of fear of the future and me going back it's like it's all gonna happen again and you know all these things so I got all wound up in that but through talking with Noah, through us praying together and figuring, you know, just practically talking through, okay, this is like actionable steps we can do to make sure that I feel set up for success and that he feels like he can support me through that yeah. was a way for us to work it out in a godly way in right. the end, even though what I was dealing with was I did yeah, partner with the enemy in those thoughts and repented, but yeah. it still can be glorifying to God right. through that, you know? Right. So, yeah, so I, I mean, for me personally, it's a, it's a journey. It's up and down. Yeah. Not sure. every time I deal with stress, I'm like handling it well. <laughs> and that's fair. Like, life is going to be a journey no matter what, where you are in your walk yeah. spiritually. So, like, yeah. for me personally, I love to have a glass of wine, but if I'm feeling anxious or any sort of, like, bad mental health, there is no alcohol for me because yeah. that is going to become like a, a crutch for me to endure the emotions rather than to. Yes, ma'am figure out what I need to do about it. Yeah, I do like that, Erica, because, I mean, for me, binge-watching a show is, like, my which can be appropriate at times because sure. my mind needs a break from spinning and turning right so watching something that's you know a sitcom or you know something funny is helpful but if it becomes too much time or as a crutch instead of helping me just have a break and then process and preventing me from yeah if you're just numbing your mind for the rest of the day you know like yeah exactly so it's like that difference in understanding in yourself what that line is because for everyone it's different yeah it's about knowing your your limits on your own mental health and like the boundaries that you have to set up in relationships, you know, the personal things, uh, what you're drinking, what you're watching, what you're consuming and like, um, you know, how you're allowing all of that intake to affect you emotionally, physically, 
um, mentally, spiritually, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, allowing that to be given glory to God, I guess. Yeah. Tight. Well, let's get let's get heavier. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm down to I'm in. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, this is arguably probably the um, most challenging portion of this this entire lesson. Um, so if I anyone want to read, Angel said he can read Philippians four six, please. passage of scripture because that's literally what Matt and Tamara, like and Justin Tristan read over me yesterday. Oh well. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And I was like, it makes sense. No, but then I was like, Nothing. I don't know if they've sat through one of these teachings with you guys yet. Like, are you doing this with them? So, no. There was no communication, I guess, no. is what I'm saying. No. No, so that's a God thing. <laughs> getting drilled right now. God's like, by the way, did you get <laughs> this yet? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> okay. I got it, Dad. <laughs> All right, Mo, the, the floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, be, wait, yeah. Six, right? Yeah. Be yes. anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Perhaps the hardest thing to ever uh, talk about with someone that has anxiety is not to be anxious. Oh, dude. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but anytime someone's calm like, down. calm down, don't be anxious, uh, or any variation thereof, it is like a light switch that essentially just like heightens the juice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good idea. I'll just stop now. Oh, it's, it's that easy? Um, and so this is probably for me, like this is probably one of the hardest verses to like grapple with. Because, like, uh, I know that, like, some versions of this, uh, like, my version says uh, prayer and supplication. Um, and I know other versions say prayer and petition for this one. But the acts of, of prayer and petition uh, is something that's it's really hard. Um, anxiety has a way of placing us in the mindset that we can fix these issues ourselves. Um, anyone ever been there or just kind of feels like a a a losing battle um perhaps the biggest lie that the enemy does when we uh partner with anxiety is to tell us that we actually don't need help um we we spoke about this earlier when we were praying for the spirit of heaviness but uh accountability is something that is so crucially important um, if you guys don't have accountability or someone that can like speak into your lives, I highly recommend changing that. Um, over the last year, uh, I've had, uh, Ron and I and a couple of our friends from Louisiana, we've had a ongoing group of, um, people in ministry that we just, we just pray for each other. We do life together and we just keep each other accountable. And it is, I've struggled with accountability my entire adult life and it is completely last two years have just changed um my perspective i'm I'm in a better uh position mentally spiritually um and even having 
two out of the, the three guys that are in that group being uh, husbands, I've also felt uh, being a stronger husband as well um, as, a, as a part of that. Um, accountability is vital to the success of our mental, physical, and spiritual health. It allows an outside perspective to come in and deconstruct the awkwardness of anxiety or to combat depression with encouragement, or as Paul says here, give everything to the Lord by prayer and supplication. Super hard. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you guys and tell you that prayer and petition is the easiest thing in the world, because um, it is the hardest thing in the world. When you're going through depression, when you're going through anxiety, the last thing that I want to do is pray, because there's a layer of comfort in in that uh anxiety there's a layer of comfort uh familiarity in that depression and um you know again paul brings it back here to not only not only prayer and petition but the command to be thankful Mm -hmm. let the lord know your heart Um, yes Oh yeah, self pity is like is such a a huge component of anxiety and depression, to the point where I mean it like you said like it, it makes you feel like you're alone, you're isolated, um, and I think a, a huge tendency for that too is a uh, is also a lack of education. So like, uh, you know, before I we started doing ministry, the Lord called us into doing like I didn't know how many people died by suicide every year. I didn't know how many attempts were done. I didn't know how many people struggle with anxiety or depression. And, um, you know, I think it's, I think the statistic is like every, in 2020, there was like over 20 million adults like uh, admitted to like having one depressive episode either in that year or in their lives altogether. And a lot of that the lies of the enemy when we partner with anxiety and depression it makes us feel like i'm alone no one understands no one will ever know and like to go back like to what i was saying earlier like anxiety is not just a you know one size fits all kind of thing because um i went through a period where like we were we started traveling a lot and like the lord like made me anxious to get in like I wouldn't say the Lord, but, like, I, I struggled with anxiety to, like, get into a car. Like, every time I would see brakes. Oh, so frustrating. Um, <laughs> but. He's like, hit the brakes. Yeah. Like, Respond. Respond. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, like, 
it, it felt like illogical because like uh, we would get down to where we were going or get up to where we were going depending on the direction and it would just be like I don't know why it felt like this way like, I used to tour all the time yeah, mm-hmm. and I never felt that way like yeah. I would sleep and be fine I would like you know not have seatbelts on and I would be like maneuvering around the van and like I would be just 100% fine but it's like one day it just randomly started and I I struggled with that for uh probably a year year and a half I don't know was it Casey Drake? um <laughs> but like it felt like illogical to me I was like I don't I don't know where this comes from yeah and and so anxiety again is it kind of makes you feel like you're alone you're yeah. you're alone but then you know learning that like agoraphobia is a thing mm-hmm. um and if you guys don't know what agoraphobia is basically means it's like um it's that it's that spongebob episode where he's afraid to leave his house because he's afraid he's gonna break his butt mm. yes. um, i love that Yeah, so agoraphobia is essentially, like, the fear of, like, leaving your house. Um, and, like, being anxious and, like, giving it to God and, and being thankful, like, the act of prayer and petition is, like, some of the, the hardest things. It's easier said than done. Like, I can sit here and, like, talk about it because this is what the word says. But, like, to actually, like, go through it and do is, like, a completely different thing. Um, so my question from this verse is, like, what is our anxiety uh what is our anxiety journey what is our prayer lives and what's the correlation between the two i think it's learning just at least from this verse the way it like is shaped is saying don't be anxious about anything and the, that's the problem the solution is to pray and petition of god ask of him um with thanksgiving, so be, having a grateful heart, but let your request be made known. I think that's like mm-hmm. such a like interesting way to say that. Like, not just just tell the Lord what it's like. Make it known what you need. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever we are feeling anxious, whenever I feel anxious, it feels like it it isolates me. Like it's just me. It's all up to me. I got to do this on my own. And it's like the Lord wanting to, like, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm right here with you. And if you would just, like, let your request be made known. Like, yeah. what do you need in this moment? I mean, I don't want to go into the next verse, but the next verse gives us that, that answer right. of, like, he will meet you swiftly with what you pray for. So I think that's, like, the connection of, like, anxiety, it feels like, the enemy's way to isolate us from the Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of mental health stuff is like isolating Absolutely. us away from the Father. Um, <clears throat> when that's really like what the the goal is in the Lord's mind is that we have communion with Him. Mm-hmm. So, for me, when I'm feeling anxious, it's like the like hamster wheel, where I just get like so stuck on a thought, and the thought it just like just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And so when I have, I think. Um, the correlation for me is like it gives me something to do with my thoughts so that I'm not just like stuck in this like circle of doom I get to just like pray 
Yeah. And lately when I've been feeling super anxious about something, or like again, like hypothetical situations that I get anxious about, the Lord's like, intercede. This is your opportunity to pray, to yeah. do something. And I get to like obey him in a new way that I haven't really practiced intercession before. And so I feel like I get to release those thoughts and do something with it. It's not just like, okay, I'm done thinking about it. It's like, no, I'm going to intercede. I'm going to pray for the Lord to act. I'm going to pray for that person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray for my heart to trust the Lord more. And having a simple, like, tool for me is really helpful because when I'm anxious, I'm not logical. And so it just gives me one thing that I know I can do, which is pray. Yeah. That's good. And making it, like, a pattern so it's, like, your automatic Mm -hmm. reaction. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is something that I've been desiring to do is like because yeah I feel like when you're in that state of cycle and panic it's like you just don't even know what to do you don't think about praying because you're so inwardly focused like nothing else matters yeah 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 Uh, at least for me yeah no that's how it goes Josh is like just pray about it I'm like uh, oh I can do that yeah (laughs) I know why we have spouses and people in our life I've never, like, I've never had, like, uh, problems with, like, my vision, but, like, putting on, like, your glasses or, like, used to do it with Ron, too, when he was still at Two Maids. And, like, it's, like, the equivalent of, like, uh, beer goggles, almost, mm-hmm. to where, like, that's kind of how anxiety, like, what you're saying, Mo, like, it, it kind of throws logic out the window and, like, you just kind of see this, like, distorted, like, blurry view of like the world around you and you're like everyone's out to get me um everyone hates me nobody loves me like it would just be better if I wasn't here anymore and then like you're reminded by someone who speaks into your life whether that's a a helpmate a spouse accountability partner that like the Lord is at hand like prayer petition like let your rewards let your uh requests be known to uh be known to god because you know again going back to what paul says in in verse four like he wants us to thrive he wants us to rejoice excessively like he wants us to be like at his at his feet and uh to be at peace that's a great segue who wants to read uh i just need verse seven please do you mind if I share something? Sure, go for it. I was just reading, like, while we were doing that, and this is just interesting. This might not even be completely true. But the word prayer in the, like, Blue Letter Bible is a noun instead of, like, a verb. And, uh, like, the first meaning is, like, it's a prayer, like, addressed to God. But the second meaning is it's, like, a place where you go to pray. Mm. That's and so awesome. I think that's really interesting yeah. that, like, the Lord is like inviting us to a place to pray mm-hmm. like a, a secret place this one talks about like such places were usually a, upon like the bank of a stream or the shore of a sea Aww. where there was supply of water for washing the hands before prayer oh, that's so, like, which is like yeah. yeah it's like a jewish right and it reminds me of psalm 23 yeah. like he lies me beside quiet waters he restores my soul makes me lie down in green pastures mm-hmm. like and how we were i was saying the isolation like the enemy wants to isolate us with anxiety and mental health issues but he wants the the father wants to isolate us with just him yeah so i thought that was really cool it goes back to uh for you before you reach around like uh when jesus is like teaching the disciples how to pray right um you know he he stresses like this there's like an intimate 
There's yeah. an intimacy to it. Like you're not just like going out and like parading for people to see right. you, but you are being intimate. You're being alone. You're being vulnerable with God. Yeah. That's so cool. Free from distractions. Wow. So with prayer, with petition, and with thankfulness and, and rejoicing, a lot of the things we've talked about so far, the peace of God is, is powerful enough to uh, silence every anxious thought. It's powerful enough to destroy any depressive episode. And again, it comes back to prayer and petition. Petition the Lord for the health of, of our mental health journey. Um, so what does the peace of God actually look like in our own lives? Sometimes that's all I really have yeah, you know, to like, hold on to. It's like, and, and that for me is peace because I can have that no matter what I feel and no matter like what I'm thinking in the moment. It, it, I can feel really crummy but still be like, I know that I'm in the hands of the Father and that He's got me and that it will be okay and I will feel better and I will be okay. Yeah. So... I don't know why I'm about to cry. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But um, sometimes that's like all I have to cling on to. But even that feels like peace because it's like some sort of bright something. Yeah. Well, yeah. it restores your trust in him because when you're like going through a, like anxious period, it's hard to see what he's doing because you're all up in your feelings. Um, but I, Josh hears me say all the time, my feelings aren't a light switch. Like I need to come down from them yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it's hard to feel maybe the peace right at first trusting that the peace is on its way is helpful that like I'm a very detail oriented person so I get a little flustered when the details I don't have all the details um, <laughs> can't confirm <laughs> so it's just being able to trust him again you know cause I'm just, I like details but he has details, so I can trust that he has the details. Mm-hmm. He's way more detail-oriented than me. <laughs> for sure. Like, for sure. And, like, if I could get my, like, conscious brain to wrap around yeah, it, I know. it would be solid, you know? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 
I mean, it goes back to what um, Mo and Corinne were saying. There's like a it's a supernatural element, and like I I feel like sometimes like I don't know I don't know if I'm just alone in this, but like I can't comprehend the fact of like living forever. Like that mm-hmm. that just breaks my brain. So yeah. like yeah, yeah, likewise, I'm always like uh, I don't have to be anxious anymore. Like. Uh, this this does not compute like help is on its way like what and so like a lot of what you're talking about like in those moments like you can you logically like in the back of your mind like in your heart of hearts you know that like lawyer's on its way like it's promised me good things good things are coming but like i i still in those moments feel like because you know i don't want to pray eric is like no we need to pray um but like all of those times, like, a lot of what you're talking about, like, I've felt too. And it's just, like, man, like, it, those moments suck. But I know that, like, the Lord is coming and the Lord is faithful. I'll always will be faithful. And um, it's, a, it's about flipping your perspective. Um, and so I want to end with the last two verses of what Paul is saying here in... Uh, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Um, so, uh, yeah. So finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. And if there is any, if there is any excellence, if there is any, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the peace of God will be over you. So my challenge for you guys today is when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to depression, when it comes to those moments where the enemy is trying to, is trying to allow you to, or tempting you to partner with those spirits is to do exactly what Paul ends verse nine with, but practice these things and the peace of God will come over you. Um, Philippians 4 7 is probably one of my favorite verses because it talks about you know peace of God transcends my understanding as a human my understanding as a, as a husband as uh, a friend a, a mentor a, a servant etc etc um, but yeah practice these things think about these things um, allow the Lord to transform your journey in these things um that's all I got um, again if you guys want to any more information there's mental health resources find out how to get involved pray for us yeah. I just hit end now well do you want to uh, do a Q&A real quick sure like, I mean you know, I don't know if anybody's got questions I feel like we got to talk a lot so I just want to yes. make sure we honor <clears throat> if anybody does have specific questions I think I do so uh, I have a friend who's like not sure if she believes in God sure. or not anymore. She grew up Christian, just kind of unsure at this point. And she's going through an extremely hard, like she just got some terrible news. And so I want to encourage her. And the only ways that I really know how to encourage someone that actually has any substance is with scripture and with biblical truth. Do you find that like there's, how do you encourage people that don't? always believe in God like when they're going through hard stuff because I'm sure a lot of the people you encounter aren't Christians no <laughs> yeah, so, not by any means <laughs> like mm. what I 
I don't want to enforce my beliefs and my sure. hope on someone because I know if someone was like telling me, well, like the earth is destined this, it would mean like absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't want to tell her something that means nothing, but I know that it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm behind already. Uh, well, let me emphasize this for, I guess, more for the podcast people. Sure. We are not licensed psychologists, therapists, psychoanalysts of any sort. We're kind of just a, a, a conduit to get resources to people and kind of deconstruct stigma and yeah. pray for people. Um, but uh, in my essence and like in my experience, um, a lot of how that's been able to, to change my relationships is to listen first off um, and then to take advantage when the Holy Spirit says, you know, opens up a pocket. Yeah. Because sometimes for the first couple of months to even first couple of years you might not you might just love that person you might not ever get a chance to share the gospel with them but it might be a a long-term season where it's like god is being is going to use you to use those and like kind of speak into them mm-hmm. um but listen and love them as god loves yeah. um would be my my biggest recommendation first off because Oftentimes, uh, a lot of, in, at least what I've experienced in ministry is that people have, um, it, listening is just kind of like going out the window because we want to fix it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you know, we just spend an hour talking about anxiety, depression, um, you know, a lot of mental health stuff, like sometimes those things take years to, to fix. And, you know, what a difference listening does. So oftentimes what I've done is when I'm ministering to people is listening is, is kind of listening, praying, bringing it to the Father intimately and uh, asking the Lord to reveal scriptural truth that my behavior can pour out into that person. Mm, yeah. Um, that's often been the, the times that like a lot of the people that the Lord has allowed me to minister to and share the gospel with a lot of that relationships have started out with listening and just just loving them like Christ loves us. Yeah. 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 But at least something that is like an actionable tool yeah. and resource for her so she knows, okay, Corinne's benefited from listening to her podcast, I'll give it a shot. Or like me just being, I make a thankfulness list. I know that sounds maybe like a little more Christian to you or whatever, but like this practically like helps calm me down. Yeah. You know, just like I guess giving it's calming mental health. Yeah, it's like just I think yeah. 
it I very much is so. Yes. Like, she was going through like IBS stuff as well, and I was like, it it scientifically is a newer concept that's happened the last like twenty years, but it's scientifically proven that what you are thinking about affects your body yeah. negatively or positively. Yeah. Um, so man thinks, so he is. Exactly, yeah. and so that also is scriptural. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that is helpful for me. You know, obviously with your friend, it's different, but I don't think she's going through. she respects that I'm a Christian too so I feel the freedom to say certain things that are yeah. more Christian as well mm-hmm. but in that situation I'm not sure she deserves that I think like keeping an open door as well like if nobody else in that person's life is like consistently showing up for them but you are mm-hmm. and they know what you believe and why you believe god wanted that like that's yes. gonna open a door like so my coworker grew up catholic and she doesn't really like subscribe to any religious thing now and but she knows what i believe mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like hey like can i talk to you about what I believe, I think it would help your situation. Like, asking permission to bring, yeah. like, scripture into the conversation Yeah, that's a good um, is sometimes helpful because mm-hmm. it's hard to determine, like, without asking if they're in a place to receive that. Um, but even just, like, keeping an open door, like, I'm always going to be here for you. I'm always going to listen. Um, you might not like what I have to say yeah. if you yeah. want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to love on you either way. And that, whether, or, you know, it's ultimately up to them, whatever they choose to do, which is, like, the heartbreaking thing, because you can't Mm -hmm. fix them. Mm -hmm. Um, But that helps soften the heart, I think. Mm -hmm. And also saying, I'm not going to do this perfectly. Like, I think that gives me relief and being like, hey, just so you know, I, you know, I'm coming from this background of just knowing how to encourage people who are Christian. So because you're questioning your faith and not sure, like, yeah. I just don't know how to do this, and we're learning how to be friends in this scenario. Yeah. And that's what Kristen and I had to do because I was like, I struggled a lot with her turning away from God. And that was a really hard part in our relationship that we had to work through. But we got to a place of being like, hey, we're going to respect each other where we're at and still be there for each other. Mm-hmm. It's just going to look different. Yeah. So just so, you know, just to tell her, being like, hey, I'm learning how to love you well in this season. And it's hard, you know, just. I'm going to mess up, basically, yeah. and saying, hey, I'm not going to do this perfectly, but know that my heart is for you, and I love yeah. you, you know? And that releases so much pressure off yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, that helps a lot. Thank you. I've been anxious about her anxiety. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not going to work for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I have one last thing. Sure. Um, so when, I guess I'm asking, 
when you're in a state of like the highest anxiety, verge of panic attack, cycle, what is your first, I guess, how do you stop? Or, you know, what's like the first reaction? Because I know we kind of talked about it, but just because I'm, that's something I'm working through is like not going immediately down the crazy rabbit trail, but like learning how to stop it before it starts or when I'm in that heightened Uh, my first step ultimately is to go to either Erica or one of the three guys that hold me accountable. Yeah. Um, because, or, you know, even if, if none of them are available, like, I also have, like, my best friend is kind of, like, in that same spot as, as Kristen, like, where he's no longer a Christian anymore, doesn't really know what he believes. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, I mean, just hearing being heard um calms down a lot of that anxiety and so typically my uh my goal my personal journey is to like contact one of those five people and then wrestle with god like a five-year-old and uh most of those people are going to point you back to God anyway, so... Yeah, so it's like, I, I, I always come back to the wrestling five-year-old uh, mentality, you know? One yeah. that toy in... Jacob wrestled with the Lord, he wasn't five. Yeah, that's true. He got a broken leg. I think one thing that's helped me is listening to the Holy Spirit, because nine, no, ten times out of ten, uh, the Holy Spirit's like, stop. Stop, you're going down, you're going down, 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 stop, you need to take a deep breath, you need to speak out loud, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I haven't listened, and I just go down, and I fall into my pit, but lately I've been practicing telling Cam, I'm feeling really anxious, my thoughts feel like they keep circulating, I'm just telling you I need you to check on me in like 10 minutes, or That's something good. like that, and either way, if I don't obey, I end up like weeping on our bed, and he comes and checks on me. And if I tell him, he comes and checks on me. So yeah. I like I know that I have a safe place. Yeah. And mom, I also will talk to mom sometimes. But yeah, the best thing is to obey the Holy Spirit when you feel like him prompting you. Stop. Yeah. Like I'm trying to rescue you. Let me rescue you. There's always a way of escape when you're faced with temptation. That's a promise. Yeah. So. And that's right. If you're having like issues with some of like the physical side effects, mm-hmm. um, a lot of like things that I've read and things that help me are like physical contact you know Mm -hmm. like there's a um like if somebody's having a panic attack you're basically just supposed to hug them until they stop shaking like Mm because that that gives them like grounding yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um so that helps me personally sometimes I know some people like will sleep with like a weighted blanket if they have like anxious thoughts when they go to bed Mm -hmm. um because it kind of enacts that same, like, that pressure. It makes your body feel like... It, like, actually, like, activates part of your nervous system that helps you calm down. That's cool. Um, so that is something that you could do if you're, like, going over the edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because not that God can't help you when you're going over the edge, but if you... Rationally, it's very hard. Yeah, yeah. your mind's very clouded. Yeah. Um, and having something that's physical is... Yeah. Yeah. So that helps yeah. me sometimes. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not going to cure it, but that's going to help no. me. Like, uh, calm down. Yeah. Meditation's good, too. 
I'm in a meditation kind of gets a, a weird rap because of like the way that other religions use it and stuff yeah. like that but like focusing on you know not only the truth that God has spoken but also being reminded of the times that he's freed you mm-hmm. um, and just kind of again going back to Spongebob clearing your mind of everything <laughs> except fine dining and breathing um <laughs> You know, we just, live in TV quotes over here. Uh, yes. This is this Very is the ministry. <laughs> this is the ministry. <laughs> it's pop culture. Um, allowing that to kind of cleanse you and wash over you has is helped me immensely. Um, I know that sometimes when I'm having trouble sleeping, uh, if you just Google like Sleepcast on Spotify, like there are great podcasts that'll be like walk you through how to like meditate and kind of like change your thoughts and uh kind of put you at ease and kind of stuff like that even just to clear your like i struggle to pray when i'm anxious because Mm. i can't turn off the thoughts so like even using like meditation and breathing techniques to calm your brain down enough so that you can like remember to pray Mm -hmm. um because that's some of my like when i was in a really bad spot i josh was like pray about it and i'm like i can't even think in a straight line yeah. like yeah. how am I supposed to pray about that? like I can't yeah. even I don't even know I, I don't even know how to do that right now yeah. like my brain is so like out of control yeah. um so that has helped me personally yeah um yeah not neglecting the practical things is a big deal like, yeah maybe you need a snack yeah or a, yeah like a drink of water yeah you'd be surprised how much like when you're anxious if you just took like a big glass of water and just chugged it you'd be like yeah okay. I remember I'm, so I'm like, good. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to take care of your physical body as like well as your the Snickers spiritual. commercials. Yeah. You're not yourself when you don't have a Snickers. You're not you yourself know, when you're hungry. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's another thing too is like, you know, if you are anxious and like you're like not, you're just kind of like brushing off that anxiety, but, you know, kind of like actually taking care of it in the moment. Um, if you are faithful with taking care of it in the moment, um, it helps alleviate a lot of those like physical symptoms because a lot of anxiety that's built up over time it'll have like actual like physical symptoms and like will hurt you make you sick um and i i believe it's like even like they've done studies where like it's like can be sometimes the cause of um you know actual like life-threatening ailments yes um so take care of your anxiety. Yes. Yeah, no, that's super helpful, guys. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys so much. No problems. I felt similar, but like Ariel, like in the middle of it, just talking about it. It was like, oh yeah, we're, we're going through this. We're just talking about it, and all of a sudden it was like, so thank you guys of course um i guess i will pray pray us out and then i'll hit podcast podcast. stop yeah uh lord i thank you for each and every journey in this room thank you for each and every journey that has uh left us in the the process of this last hour and a half of just looking at your word and taking practical steps towards peace taking practical steps towards hope and 
allowing it to uh, not necessarily feel like it's unattainable, but Lord, taking practical steps towards it. Father, I pray for each and every uh, anxiety uh, journey in this room, every depressed, every uh, battle of depression in this room, or um, just the lies that the enemy has is um, paired with it. I pray for Maranatha. I pray for Cam and Mo. God, that they would just keep leading, um, keep feeding the the sheep, the sheep that you have just uh, called here in this. Uh, tiny part of Richmond, um, this quaint little part, I guess. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, just fill them and just bless them, not only as uh, marriage, but also as uh, parents, God, and, and sons and daughters of the Most High. Pray for every person in this room. Um, Lord, we just pray for the spirit of heaviness that was here earlier, and you might even leave here, God, as the week continues, and we just pray for peace. We pray, God, that you would just allow us to help take every thought captive and make it obedient to the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that you are already making victories. I thank you that you're already making testimonies. And we pray for this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have been blessed by today's teaching. And as always, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus.